All right, guys, bang, bang. I've got Will here with me. Will, this month, I figured the best thing for us to talk about is Bitcoin miners. Um, some of these are up 450% year to date. Uh, they're still down from all-time highs. But if you compare Bitcoin miners' um, performance to Bitcoin itself, many of the miners are performing 2x better, if not more, than Bitcoin as the underlying asset. What do you expect uh, or kind of unpack what's happening here? Yeah, for sure. This has uh, been a really interesting development to see. Miners are the the individuals that put together blocks uh, for the Bitcoin network. Um, they serve as one of the most important roles uh, throughout the Bitcoin network. Um, throughout the last kind of two years, they've undercome a, a lot of turbulence, uh, mainly throughout uh, rising energy prices uh, towards the middle of 2022. Uh, energy prices are the biggest component uh, to uh, Bitcoin miners uh, out of all the different operational costs that they have. Um, at the end of last year, the Reflexivity team put a report together, um, basically walking through the state of the current uh, Bitcoin miner landscape. And we kind of walked through um, one by one all of the publicly traded miners and which ones we felt like uh, had the highest likelihood of survival throughout the bear market. Um, we highlighted a few, but the one that we really thought uh, had the highest likelihood of survival was Riot. Uh, the reason was because they have uh, fixed energy costs. If we fast forward now, uh, about 12 months later, uh, Riot's done uh, about a 4x in the time since, actually outperformed Bitcoin year to date. There's a couple other miners that have done the same, including Marathon, CleanSpark, et cetera. Um, and the answer to uh, your question of, you know, kind of what's been driving this, I, I think there's a few things. Um, one is uh, Bitcoin's price has been up. Uh, the second is uh, we've had lower energy prices. And then the third piece is, I, th I think, the most interesting piece uh, is we're starting to see uh, Bitcoin fees really start to pick up. And so uh, throughout the last two years, we've seen if we look and kind of zoom out, uh, Bitcoin's transaction fees really declined after uh, the speculative mania and euphoria um, in the kind of double uh, bubble bull run that we saw peaking out in, in April and then uh, the second peak uh, in the back half of the year around late November. Um, from kind of the beginning of 2022 up until uh, March of this year, we saw fees had almost kind of been a complete ghost town. Um, but in March, we got the rise of ordinals, uh, which was uh, made possible through a loophole in, in Taproot. Uh, these are on-chain inscriptions that allow people to inscribe text, images, video, etc. Uh, natively into the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, we saw this initial wave of excitement uh, for them in, in March or April of earlier this year. Uh, and this drove up fees as there was higher demand to utilize uh, the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, after that, we saw kind of uh, a big drawdown in terms of the activity around ordinals. A lot of people were saying, okay, that was just kind of a one-time uh, speculative bubble and that ordinals were were dead. Uh, but over the last call it month, month and a half, uh, partially due to uh, froth in the market in general and just higher risk appetite, uh, we've seen kind of this resurgence uh, in on-chain inscriptions for Bitcoin. Um, and so alongside that, we've started to see uh, fees rise as well. Uh, and so this has a kind of, um, you know, positive forward looking impact on which you should be thinking uh, miners revenues are going to be looking like heading into the next two years if this kind of trend sustains. And so I think there's somewhat of a kind of informational arbitrage here between the crypto natives understanding um, the activity that's taken place. Uh, around ordinals and and the potential implications for miners and uh, maybe the the lens that uh, traditional finance uh, views these miners through. So I think that's uh, you know the kind of opportunity in terms of um, 
um, it's somewhat of an informational uh, delta, if you will, between um, you know the, the expectation for uh, ordinals to continue to see sustained activity from here. Now, let's start with maybe uh, miners' revenue being denominated in Bitcoin, right? So when Bitcoin is suppressed uh, down to $15,000 or it is up at $45,000 or even at the all-time high of $69,000, um, 900 Bitcoin are coming into the market every day via that block subsidy. And so it seems like maybe in bear markets that works against the miners because although they're mining the same Bitcoin, it just has a lower dollar value. And the way that these things are valued, especially in the public market, is mainly driven by dollar-denominated revenue. Uh, but it works to their advantage in bull markets where we see that number expanding. Um, is that how you see it as well? Or, or are there other things to kind of call out there specifically around the denomination of the revenue being in this appreciating asset in bull markets? Yeah, absolutely. I think you... Uh... You framed it very uh, simply and eloquently there. Uh, in the bull market, Bitcoin price is obviously going up, and so uh, revenues are higher. And then uh, on top of that, you you see more activity around the Bitcoin blockchain because there's more demand to interact with it. Uh, and so we see fees up as well. And so um, to basically get the total revenue for miners, you take the block subsidy and then you add fees to that and you get total miner revenue. Uh, so with both of those components being up in a bull market, overall revenues are up. Conversely, heading back into the bear market, uh, you see the price of Bitcoin obviously going down if we're, by, you know, by definition, if we're in a bear market. Uh, and then uh, we also see uh, generally uh, activity on the Bitcoin network declines during bear markets as well because all the speculative hype and excitement around uh, utilizing the Bitcoin network and kind of FOMO to uh, transact and, and um, you know, move assets to a cold wallet or uh, move them to an exchange because prices are way up, et cetera. Uh, that all goes away uh, during a bear. So uh, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, uh, 2022 is a really, really difficult period for these miners uh, because you had um, the revenue going down for both of the reasons that I just described. You had price going lower. You had activity on the Bitcoin network uh, going lower. And then um, the energy piece, uh, again, that's their largest uh, component of OPEX that miners have or operational costs that they have. Um, and so, you know, all basically all of the facets of uh, what makes them profitable were going in the opposite direction of, of what they would have liked. Um, and we saw a couple of miners that uh, ended up going under. Uh, for example, Core Scientific came under a bunch of trouble in, at the back half of last year. Uh, and in general, we saw uh, a lot of these miners' margins really get compressed. Um, but it does seem that you know the ones that kind of made it through that period are now coming stronger out, coming out stronger on the other side of it. Uh, and now we're starting to see uh, the complete opposite of all those dynamics that I just described that took place throughout 2022, uh, and then some. Uh, and what I mean by that is we have now lower energy prices, we have higher Bitcoin price, uh, and then uh, more activity on the Bitcoin network. Just in general, you know, people are just wanting to. Uh, conduct kind of settlement um, transactions on, on the network as they historically have. Uh, but then again, to go back to the ordinals piece, I think that's kind of the uh, the X factor this time around, as opposed to perhaps, um, you know, last cycle for these for these publicly trading uh, traded miners that um, there may be some degree of kind of informational arbitrage for those crypto natives that may say, OK, look, uh, ordinals are around to stay. I don't know if that is the case or not, but if you do think that um, the likelihood that that's being priced into these miners is, is probably pretty low. Now, this is an interesting um, situation because it is somewhat unpredictable 
right, in terms of will this stay or will it not, uh, kind of popularity as you're calling it out. Um, but a big question for a long time has been around the security of the Bitcoin network. And now we have seen multiple times where uh, the transaction fees are outperforming uh, the blockchain subsidy or the uh, Bitcoin block subsidy. Now, what's interesting to me is maybe the Bitcoin crowd understands this better than the public market investors. And so could it be a situation where one group of investors understand this, but they actually, to gain exposure to it, they may go buy uh, ordinals themselves. They may go and kind of play it a different way than go into the public market and buy the mining stocks. Whereas the public market, they don't yet understand this. And so they're kind of sitting there on an asset that they may benefit from, but they're not doing it specifically because they expect, let's say in Q4, a beat on revenue based on inscriptions. Like, How do you almost look at the two different investor bases and how they're thinking about this? Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on. Um, you know, the average kind of retail DGEN can, you know, go buy a BRC20 or a fund on an ordinals inscription, uh, which is analogous to, you know, an NFT on another chain, except it's natively inscribed as opposed to just giving you the back end rights to a, a JPEG on the front end um, on OpenSea or whatever. Uh, but I think, you know, in terms of these, you know, uh, public market investors, more sophisticated institutional, you know, sized investors, they're not going to go punt on uh, on uh, BRC20 tokens. Um, if they're going to look to get a proxy on uh, on that type of activity, I think the best uh, vehicle for them to do that uh, is through these these publicly traded miners. So um, I think the other thing to keep in mind with a lot of these assets um, is uh, TradFi is is going to take some of the behavior that maybe is just a byproduct, or I shouldn't say they will, but I, I think there's a pretty good likelihood that they will um, take some of the activity that's just a byproduct of the natural crypto cycle extrapolate that out, uh, you know, thinking that that's going to be sustainable over a long period of time. And so I think you could get this kind of dynamic where, first of all, you know, if they're going to pick up ordinals, they'll probably be late to it. Uh, but then once they start to pick them up, they'll begin extrapolating out that activity, um, you know, perhaps longer than it can sustainably continue. Um, and so I think there's a couple other uh products that are that are probably similar to that um but i i think uh it's it's that same dynamic like these guys will basically um look at these revenues that are derived from ordinals activity extrapolate that out same with kind of the the general um you know revenues that are coming from you know increased speculative activity and, and transactional activity around the bitcoin uh blockchain and 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 that's kind of uh you know where the marginal buyer comes in uh, as things start to heat up when you see these miners um, in the public markets, they use a lot of debt, and the stocks are still down very significantly. Some of them are down 60 70 80%. Should we expect all-time highs? Should we expect the debt to still kind of be a limiting factor? How, how do you look at the debt maybe and, and also um, Bitcoin having recovered so much, but yet the miners have not, um, although the miners are outpacing you know, in terms of percentage year-to-date? How, how do you kind of reconcile these differences? Yeah, it's been a while since I've looked at the individual uh, debt breakdowns of, of each of these public miners. Uh, I, from what I remember on, on the report that we did specifically on them at the end of last year, um, a few of them do have pretty high debt to equity and, and uh, debt to asset ratios. But for example, like Marathon's debt structure is uh, you know much more sustainable than maybe it first appears on on paper in terms of the terming out of the debt and uh, how low the interest rates that they have on that on that debt are. Um, so I don't think it's a I don't think it's a huge concern. I do think maybe one lesson learned for some of these miners 
uh, is, you know, maybe don't go super over leveraged on, uh, on mining rigs at the top. And this is kind of what, uh, what brought core scientific under was they had by far the largest, you know, uh, debt to equity, debt to asset ratios of all the miners that we looked at. Uh, and that kind of ended up, um, coming back to, to bite them when, whenever the market turned, um, because not only are, um, you know, your, your revenue is coming down, but the actual um, asset prices of, of the rigs themselves are going down at a bear market. Um, so, you know, hopefully we don't we don't see that same level of, of uh, you know, debt being taken out that that ends up, you know, kind of coming full circle in the back half of the market cycle. But, um, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of these miners, especially with the revenue starting to pick up are uh, in a fine position to service some of these debts that they have. When you look at the miners, my last question for you is uh, technology is constantly innovating. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do with the hardware. Um, the having is coming. What is your expectation for maybe some of the things that are outside of the business but have an impact on them around having machines um, and, and uh, potential other uh, things around the mining pools that that seem p- to have people paying attention to? Yeah, um, there's a few things. You know, just in general, uh, you always have you know improved models of, of rigs that will come out. Um, and so, you know, over time that increases, you know, the number of, of, uh, hashes that a, uh, that a mining rig can produce for the same amount of energy. So, um, the, the hash rate of, of the Bitcoin network will continue to go up only as it has. And, you know, when you go back and look at this thing, it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. I mean, the, uh, when you put it in log scale, the China mining ban is just literally a blip on the chart. Um, there's been some questions around censoring blocks from like this ocean, uh, pool that recently launched. They have a pretty uh, de minimis amount of hash rates, so I don't really think that's a huge concern. And then the other thing is, I don't really think any of these publicly traded miners or any miners that have raised outside financing are in a position to be taking ideological views on Bitcoin um, when you know they're they're a profit first uh, corporation. So um, I, I would I would be really surprised if you saw uh, you know other mining entities kind of following suit with uh, you know things like what uh, Ocean Ocean Pool has done. Um, and then the, I guess the other big thing to uh, to keep in mind is the halvings coming up. Uh, and so with that, we'll see um, minor revenues uh, based on block subsidy get cut in half. Uh, and so what does this mean for miners? It literally means that they'll have less revenue coming in. Um, but the, the kind of caveat there is if Bitcoin price rises, then that offsets that. So, you know, in the short term, you'll see some of these miners margins get slightly compressed. Um, but you know, should the having cause price appreciation for Bitcoin, um, uh, that should in theory and, and, you know, did, and for example, uh, late 2020 offset that, uh, you know, kind of, um, drawdown in, in revenue from the block subsidy that miners undergo. Where can we send people to find you on the internet or find out more about reflexivity research? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at, uh, W Clementi III, and then you can, uh, find our research at reflexivityresearch.com. We've got 50 plus free reports on there and, uh, be sure to check us out where we spend out new content. Awesome. I appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks, man.